Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us in this teaching today. And I'm going to give you a couple of ways to reach out to us if you so wish to do. First, by mail at Pastor Eric, Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or you can email us at PastorEric523 at gmail.com. Again, PastorEric523 at gmail.com. And I want to give you, and just continuing our teaching from last week, about how that we are called. And today we're going to talk about call to fight. And in this day and in time, there are many who believe that, uh, you know, that we just let things go that don't, that where we do not answer the call, which I believe that God has for all believers. And if you read in the book of Ephesians, it talks about in the sixth chapter, how that we are outfitted for weaponry. We're given weaponry. And the scripture does say that our weapons are, of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds. So as we study today, and we're going to be reading out of, mostly out of the Old Testament in the book of Judges, but also we're going to read some out of the New Testament as well. And so, again, what we're talking about is being called to fight because in our day and in our time, I believe that we've gotten so passive that we are the ones, the body of Christ, we are the one, we are the only hope. The Bible says that we are the salt of the earth. And if the salt has, if it's lost its saltiness, if it's lost its usefulness, then where will the earth be salt? In other words, what, and salt is a preservative. So who and what can preserve the earth but the body of Christ? And so we as being the body of Christ, we as being the keeper of this planet. And so how are we the keepers? Because as we stay in the, the stay in the plan of God, if we work the plan, and that work means that we walk in the faith, and we continue in the faith, and we allow God to use us in this hour. It does not mean that we're out and condemning. We're out to destroy. We're out. We're blowing up uh, abortion centers. And, you know, I know I stand against abortion, but I believe that God has love for even the ones that not only that are, are doing the abortions, but also those that are having them done to them. And so what are you saying, preacher? Are you for it? No. But what I am saying is the love and compassion for us is our fight is to share the word to those who want to hear that word. And not only do uh, do we want to make uh, that the the uh, something that we know that God is against, but God is against evil. That is evil to destroy a child. But also it's evil for us as believers to hold back the word, the love of God, and for us to say no for somebody else. And say, so what are you talking about, preacher, by saying no for somebody else? It's when you have the truth. For scripture says, the truth will make you free. Only by the truth shall we be made free. So if I have the truth and I see you there in ignorance, see you in darkness, and I hold my tongue, I don't say a word, I don't give you, I don't throw you the lifeline and say, you know, have you tried Jesus? And if they reject you, they reject you. But we do not have the right to say no for them. If they reject, if anyone rejects, then you pray for them and you move forward. But the point I'm trying to make is we are in a fight. The enemy realizes that these are the last days. He realizes that he's out. To, as the scripture says over in St. John, let me turn this. Uh, St. John 10, St. John 10 and 10. Uh, let me read a few verses before that. 
Because I want to tell you, as Jesus began to teach parables, he spoke in John 10, 7, and he began to say, uh, St. John 10, verse 7, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you. So when he said verily, verily, he said, Assuredly, assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. In other words, Jesus said, I'm the keeper of the body of Christ. I'm the keeper of the house of God. I am your keeper in particular. And as I said previously, Christianity is a more than a religion. It's a relationship. In Christianity, there is we have the ability to relate or have every personal relationship with God. That God will speak to you and he will. And also you can speak to him. But most of the times, as I've been guilty, and I'm not uh, doubting anyone or, 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 any, or saying something that I haven't done, but that's how I was taught. That's what I, that's what I, uh, that's what I, that's what I, that's how I conducted myself because I didn't know any better. I was ignorant. But as I've learned more, I've learned that it's a, it's a relationship. It's about worshiping God. It's about praising him. It's about taking time to read his word and then meditating on what I've read and listening and listening. Old school would say, you know, God gave you one, uh, one mouth and two ears. There's a reason we have two ears, but we also have a spiritual ear. We have a heart that we can perceive what God is saying to us. And mostly I, I would say from my own experience, it's not an, an audible voice, but it's a voice. It's a knowing on the inside. It's because we've read the word, we, because we meditated on it, and then we have that assurance that, yes, this is God. Yes, this is truth. Again, the truth makes you free. And when God revelates, or he, rather, when he downloads truth into you, then there's a knowing on the inside. There's an agreement in the spirit. Scripture says, try the spirit by the word, because there are many voices in the earth. There are many things trying to take your attention. And I believe that's one of the greatest weapons of the enemy in our day is to distract you. He has, there are so many ways to be distract, distracted and you know them, you know, you got things on the, on the internet from, uh, you know, pictures, you got images, you got 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year, news, written, written news that, that, that you can read. You got videos, you got live feeds, you got all kinds of things. Then you got the, uh, social media. It's on that. It's on television, radio. 24 hours a day, every day of the year, over and over and over. You can be flooded with information. But we have information, but what we need is revelation. Because if we have revelation, then God can take that, that revelation that you have, you can ask God for, for, for wisdom. But when God gives you information and it becomes revelation, then you can use it for inspiration so that you can inspire yourself or you be inspired to be a blessing to someone else because sharing the word is an investment. When Jesus came into the earth, he said, unless a seed fall to the ground and die, it abides alone. What was he saying? He was saying that unless I am deposited into the earth, unless I die, I abide alone. But where we're driving at today is, as people of God, we must come to, the, come to the front lines and allow God to revelate us, to inspire us, so that we can, so that the wisdom that's on inside of us, by the Holy Spirit, we can use that wisdom to change 
our, our own lives being changed, we can change our family, we can change our neighborhoods, we can change cities, we can change schools, we can change prisons, we can change uh, uh, whatever the environment we come into when it's receptive. We can change nations if we are willing to present the word of God to them. And then when we have fertile ears, ears that will receive, then the word of God makes a change. So today, again, we're going to go over to the, go to the book of uh, book of Judges. And we're talking about call to fight, call to fight. And this is a familiar story to many of you. And I believe you've heard this story. And as we read this today, I want you to just take thought about what God is saying to this man of God, who, if you know anything about Gideon, let's, let's, read, let's, read, the, uh, let's read the word and you'll see what, what's being said today. Again, we're in Judges 6 chapter, and we're going to start reading in the first verse. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel, because Israel made them dens which are in mountains and caves and strongholds. Satan always wants to drive us to where we are by ourselves. So that whether well, he wants to put you in the corner, put you in the bed, put you in, in the jail, he wants to put you in darkness. His job is to separate you. That's what the wolf always wants to do with the sheep. That's what the lion wants to do. He goes about uh, the herd, and he looks for the weak ones. And when he finds them, he wants to separate them. That's what the wolf does. That's what the lion does. What the panther does. That's what the the predator does. And that's what Satan is. But he is the toothless lion. What do you mean, preacher? I mean that he does not have the power nor the authority over you as a believer. He gets his power from when we deny what's in us. And just like these Old Testament, uh, uh, Old Testament church, which is Israel, because they had turned them, they had turned against God, and they became dull of hearing. They had success, they had inherited the land, and when success made them unsuccessful. So what did I mean by that? They got so settled in their ways, they believed that they did it. They forgot. They forgot the uh, the place of God. They forgot the worship of God. They forgot the tenets or the laws that uh, Moses and Joshua had given them and the judges after them. They forgot what God had commanded them to do. So here they are because they've forgotten God. In the Old Testament, what the Lord did was he said, I'm going to let I'm going to let the enemy chastise you. So here's the third verse. The second verse, they've been chastised by the Midianites. And as we read on in the third verse, it says, so it was. When Israel had sown, now the enemy who should represented these nations, Midian and uh, the Amalekites, the Midianites and, and others, they were representatives of Satan because they had no relationship with God. So God loosed them on them. In our day, God does not loose Satan upon us. But what we do is when you allow yourself, you, 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 you stop and you, you get lax in, your, in, in reading the scriptures and knowing what God has said to you and for you, what he has for you, and you withdraw yourself from the body of Christ, the Bible says our inheritance is among them that are sanctified. We need to be connected to other believers. We need to be connected to our family. That's where we draw our strength. That's where we draw our help, among them that are sanctified. 
So here in Israel, they forsaken God. So in the third verse, it says, when Israel had sown, now they went out and sowed the fields. They came out of their caves. They came out of their, uh, came from the mountains. They came from their strongholds and they began to sow because uh, uh, they knew the harvest time would come. But look what the enemy did. It said that the Midianites came up and the Amalekites and the children of the east, even they came up against them. They camped against them and destroyed their increase. Till thou come unto Gaza and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor oxen, nor donkey. They, had, they took everything. This is what Jesus said in the book of John 10, 10, as we, as we were reading earlier. And we're gonna, it says, the thief, again, the same motivated enemy that was in Midian, that was in Israel, now, which was worked through the Midian and the, and the Amalekites, Jesus described them. He says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what Satan wants to do in your life. But he can only do it if we are let down our guards, if we do not declare who we are, if we don't know who we are. That's when he, that's when he has the power to run, run, he rampages in our life. I heard one woman of God say, Satan is a thug. What does a thug do? They manipulate, they dominate, and they control you. There, he's a bully. He will come to you and tell you who you are not, what you don't have and what you never will have. He'll, he wants you to believe he'll always be control, in control. He'll always keep you sick. He'll always keep you poor. He wants to keep you down, keep you poor, keep you broke, keep you sick, keep you outside of the blessings of God. But Jesus says, I have given you power over all the powers of the enemy. We have been called to fight. We have been called to fight. And this fight in, the, in grace is that we stand. We take the word of God. What we do, tell me, I'm going to give you some, uh, 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 some things I think, uh, that I know that I think, but I know that works. Our fight is, and our uh, work is, that we go to the word. We go and we study it. We study scriptures on, and meditate on scriptures on healing. We meditate scriptures on uh, prosperity and blessing. We meditate scriptures on peace. If you are troubling your mind and you have anxiety, if you're broke, not only do you study the scriptures, but you find something to give. And as you begin to sow, you will understand that then, at the, as the Bible, scripture says, you sow in the ground, you sow the word in your heart. And, and sometimes the Bible says, there are times that when the Bible scripture says, faith without works is dead. So not only must you sow the word, you've got to actually put some work with the word. For scripture says, faith without works is dead. So as we be, our fight in the New Testament church is what? We take the word of God. We sow it in our heart. Then we put action to what we've sown. We meditate on it. We declare it. And then we find something to give. If you want money, Go work for it, and it doesn't matter what you, if you start from zero. I started and came to this city, as I said before, I came with $125. In a few days' time, that money was gone. For, for a period of time, I had enough money to eat, slept on the floor. And by the grace of God, uh, a wonderful preacher allowed me to sleep and stay at his house. But I went through. But I, I, but I, as in went through and going through, I was going through, I grabbed hold of faith. 
And I begin to, and, and, and God, by his favor, not by my works, but, but by the favor of God and me just standing. Scripture says again, when you're done all to stand, stand therefore. For he has given us, he said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Yes, there are times we've got to speak against what we see. But as I said earlier, not only must we speak and declare, we must put action to what we desire. You have to sow word. You have to sow money. You have to sow uh, a friendly face, a friendly smile. If you want friends, the Bible says that if, if you desire friends, you must first show yourself friendly. Smile at somebody. Go meet somebody. Go, go amongst uh, other believers. Just introduce yourself and say, who say, uh, I just like to come by and, you know, just I'm, 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 I'm fellowship with in the, in, in the singles group. Are you in the, in church? Just shake somebody's hand. Say, hey, good to meet you. I've been seeing you. You know, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm a part of this family, pastor or, or deacon. I just want to volunteer. Just volunteer and be a part. Now you're with a group of people who have the same mind. They want to serve. These are just simple things, but in the simplicity of the word of God. The Bible says, God said, I will take the foolish things and confound the wise. How can you gain money? How can you defeat poverty by giving money away? Because scripture says, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So you've received the word about giving. You believe the word about giving. And then you find something to give and you sow it. That is so simple. But as we go back over now. To, judge, to uh, Judges 6 chapter, we can read a little more. Now we found here that uh, the Midianites have come in. They destroyed everything that Israel had. And if we go to the um, fifth verse, it says, for they, for they came with their cattle, and this is the Midianites and the Amalekites, the ites have come, and they came as grasshoppers from multitudes. For both they and their cattle were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. That's what Satan desires to do in every believer's life. If you allow it. See, he can't do anything that you don't allow. What you allow, God will allow. Now, if you can wait on his mercy, and mercy, it takes time for mercy. But faith is now. Scripture says what? Now faith is the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, Hebrews 11 and 1. What, that, what does that mean, preacher? It means that when I declare the word, I do not say, Lord, I believe that one day. Now you stepped out of faith. Faith is now. You fight the, Satan with the word of God by declaring what God has said over your life and stand on it. You stand until... You don't just stand for a day or stand for a week or stand for an hour or stand for a month. You stand until knowing that God is faithful. Numbers says, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, shall he not do it? If he's spoken, shall he not make it good? I believe that in Numbers 19, 23. But I want to declare unto you. God, I think it's 23, 19. God has, what God has said, he will do. If he said it, if he declared it, if he spoke it, it's, he's going to make it good. He's going to do it. Matter of fact, let's take go, going to do it out of it. He's already done it. 
God has already done everything you need. Every need you have has already been met. How do we fight? In the New Testament, we trust in what he said. If he said it, he will do it. He will surely bring it. He's going to manifest it. God's already done it. What we're waiting on is the manifestation of what he's already done. As we read in here in these scriptures, we're going to see God speaks faith to a, to a man of God who didn't even believe. At the time, he didn't even believe and he didn't even know who he was. So the sixth verse says that Israel was greatly impoverished. Impoverished means poor. They were in the poor house. They were on now, they were on the in, in their own land. They were on the wrong side of blessing. They were on the wrong side of, of the tracks. You know how it is? When you're on when you're born on the wrong side of the track, that means you're in poverty. That means you're in sickness. That means you uh you you're ignorant. Because the greatest uh, uh failure of people who don't manifest their, their potential, who don't move forward in life, is ignorant. I didn't say they're because they were stupid. It's because they're ignorant. They don't know. And if they do know, they do not put it into action because fear grabs the heart and says, I can't. Not me. Why me? Somebody, somebody need to help me. Beloved, Put your faith in God and see what he will do. And so it says again, sixth verse, Israel, Israel was greatly impoverished. And seventh verse it says, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites. Now in the eighth verse, as we begin to move, move forward, God always sends a word. He sends the word. That's what you need, beloved. You need a word. What does God say about your situation? As I've said before, the greatest prayer you could ever pray is, Lord, help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me. Show me how to get out of this situation. Show me is there, if there's something that I need to do, if there's something I need to say, is there something I need to learn, if it's something I need to sow, what do I need to do, Lord? Help me. And see, won't he do it? He said, the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel. And the prophet said, Judges 6 and 8, I brought you up from Egypt and brought you forth out of the hand of bondage, house of bondage, delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians all, and all of those that oppressed you. He said, I drove them out before you and gave you this land. And God said, fear not the God of the Amorites and whose land you dwell but ye have not obeyed my voice. And God, what God began to tell them was he reminded them. Many times we need to be reminded of what God has said. That's why I said earlier, remember what God has spoken over you. Beloved, if he's called you, the scripture says in Romans uh, eleven twenty nine, 29, he said the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. This people, Israel, in this time had been given a gift. They were called out of Egypt. They were called to a land of Canaan. They were called to blessings. God promised, I'm going to give you houses you didn't build, fields and vineyards you did not plant. He said, I'm going to bless you. That's what he told Abraham. I'm going to bless you and cause you to be a blessing. See, now you're blessed. They don't, won't have just enough for you, but you're going to have a, uh, enough for you and extra. 
That's what God does. He gives enough and extra because he's in the God of, a, of the abundance. So let's move on now. And move on, move on down, move on down to uh, verse number, verse number uh, 13. And the angel of the Lord, now God speaking, is it, let me uh, back up to 11. There came an angel of the Lord, and he sat upon an oak, under an oak tree. And the bottom, uh, and the rest of that verse says, and, his, and uh, he's pertained, that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite. And his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. Twelfth verse. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with thee, thy mighty, thou mighty man of valor. God was telling him who he was. And see, that is so important in the body of Christ that you know who you are. Don't let the, don't let the enemy, don't let people tell you who you are. You hear you find out from the scriptures who you are, what you have, and where you're going. Scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness and all of these other things shall be added unto you. God will give you direction. He will give you purpose. And he will give you an assignment. In your purpose, God will give you an assignment. And he will direct you on how this thing is to be done. And as, as we move on, now let's go down to the 14th verse. And the Lord and the Lord looked upon him and said, go this in thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the land of the Midianites. He said, have not I sent thee? God was saying, you know I called you. I just told you, you were a mighty man of valor, and you are the man for this hour, for this time. Now obey what I have said. And Gideon said in the 15th verse, he said, oh, Lord, how am I going to save Israel? He said, my family is poor in Manasseh. And I am least in my family, in my father's house. So in other words, he said, my family is poor. My daddy's poor. And I'm the poorest of the poor. So basically, Gideon says, I'm, I'm, I'm in the outhouse. I'm outside. I'm in the hood of the hood. I'm broke, busted, and disgusted because in the verse before, he began to tell the Lord, he said, Lord, what are the miracles that we were told that you did? What, what happened to them? And see, that's again why it's important to know scripture. It's important to have a history. Even you and even I, we should write down when God does something for you, you got to file that in your mind and say, I remember when. See, I remember what I, the exact amount of money I had when I came over here over 30 years ago. I remember. I remember it was $125. I remember that money disappeared fast. I remember I came with two degrees and it took me a year and a half to find a job. I remember it was so bad at, some, at times that I thought if I paid somebody, they wouldn't hire me. But God had already brought me the blessing. But I was ignorant. I was looking for somebody to, to you know, to, to uh, somebody great to provide this. You know, somebody to say, oh, I got this, you know, this, that, and the other. And God used one of my sisters in the body of Christ to tell me, brought the answer to me. She brought it to church. She brought the answer to me. But because I've been, that I received so many no's. Have you, have you ever spent a day at a, at, a, at a building interviewing? I mean, a whole day. Four, five, six hours. And you just know you got, why are you going to wait six hours interviewing someone? 
and not hire them. And yet, it happened. But when this blessed sister told me, and see, I didn't realize the fight was over. Right here, the fight is over. But to finish my story, she brought the, she told me twice that she told me in March that Eric, we're hiring at our place. Won't you come and apply? I dismissed it because I'd heard that so many times. But three months later, she said, Eric, you got a job? I said, no, she said, I told you we're hiring at my job. I interviewed five minutes where other places I spent hours there, five minutes with the man that hired me. He said, hold on. Took my resume, went down, went down the hallway, came back, said, when can you start? I was in shock. What you mean? I didn't say that, but in my inside, I said, tomorrow? That quick, the fight was already over. I was hired before I was hired. That's what I'm telling you. And as we read this story about Gideon, and I'm going to read a little more hopefully today. As we read this, see that God has already won the fight for you. Jesus has already accomplished every battle, every healing, every deliverance, every dollar, every dime you will ever need, beloved. He has already provided. You just need to receive it. Our weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. He will pull down the devil of, the pov of poverty. He will destroy and grind the power powder, the mountain of sickness and disease. He will cut down and crush the cedars of, of, of fear. He will, he will, he's already crushed them. Not will, he's already crushed them. He's broken the dam that, that's holding back your blessing. He's already loosed it for you. It's there right now. And as we finish today, and, 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 and reading, reading the fifth, I want to just make sure I've lost my place a little bit. The Lord said, I'm going to read 15 and 16. And he said, oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? He begins to talk about my family is poor in Manasseh. I am the least of my father's house. And the Lord says, surely I will be with thee and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Did you hear me? Now, the miserable, it just said the Midianites, they covered the land. They covered it. But God said, you're going to defeat them as though you were one man. Why? Because God wanted a man, he wanted the people to see that I am more than enough. I will move through somebody who's, who's not a warrior. He's not a leader in his eyes, but God called him. He said, hey, mighty man of valor. And he was hiding at the wine press. So I'm just going to read a few verses in, in, uh, in, uh, in still the same book. We're going to go to the seventh, seventh verse, seventh chapter rather. I'm going to read a little bit more today. This is 7, uh, 2 through 4. And the Lord said to Gideon, and now Gideon has gathered the people, and he's had Israel has heard that this uh, man of God has come, and there were some acts that uh, the Lord had asked him to do, or had him to perform. They saw that God was with Gideon, and now the people have come together. And they said, you know what? We'll go with you, man of God, because we believe in the God that sent you. That's me summarizing now. This is seventh chapter, second verse. And the people that were with thee, this is God saying, they're too many to give 
the Midianites into their hand. Lest Israel vault themselves against me, saying, my own, man, my own hand has saved me. See, I said before, God wants the glory. If God, God will bless you. The question is, if he gets it to you, can he get it through you? He doesn't want everything he gives you. He just asks, in some instances, he asks you for 10%. There may be other times he asks you for, uh, for all of it, 100%. You, you, the, the answer is, or the question is, can you discern the voice of God? But the basic ask is, I bless you, you bless me. You give that which uh, you, you are purposed in your heart. That's what he said in the New Testament. Now, tithing, God, tithing is still valid. Tithing is not on the law, under the law. But he asks us, give what you have purposed in your heart. Purpose more than 10%. You may not give your whole 10%. You, you pay your tithe. You give your offering. But you purpose in your heart that I'm going to be a blessing. And see, and it doesn't happen overnight, but see the power and the hand of God. The favor of God, which is already on your life. But you have to speak it into existence. Then he says in the third verse, Now therefore, go and proclaim to the people, telling them, whoever is fearful and afraid, go home. So out of uh, 30,000 people, 20,000 went to the house. Then God talked to him again in the fourth verse. He said, there are too many people still. He said, I'm going to try them for you. So in the fifth verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 5, he said, take everybody down to the, to, the, uh, to, the brook, to the water. Everyone that laps up the water with his tongue as a dog, he said, you put them over here on this side. Everybody that bends down on their knees and drinks out of the uh, water and, uh, uh, and on, their, on their knees, he said, you put them on the other side. See, God was making a distinction. He was calling a people out of a people. He was calling warriors out of a people. See, everybody is not a warrior. Everybody will not go, go forth. They'll come. The crowd will come. But what you want are people who, will, who, will, who can discern the time. That when God speaks, they know how. They learn the voice of God. No, none of us, even when you were born in the body of Christ, you don't have your, your ears should be fine-tuned as you move forward. You shouldn't hear less of God. You should hear, hear more of God. And what I mean by that, sometimes, many, most of the time, God leads us through the scriptures. There are other times because as you learn the scriptures, you learn the ways of God. I believe that's the ultimate for every believer. Where God can lead you through the word. He can take the word and lead you. The word can speak to you. There are other times God will give you impressions. There are times he'll speak to you through prophets, through, through, through the minister. He will speak to you. But his main desire is through his word. Jesus says, my word is spirit and it is life. So what did he do? And the number of them that lapped, in other words, they took the water and put it to their mouth were 300. So out of 10,000 people, 9,700 went to the house. Now there are 300 people left. Beloved, God called a people out of a crowd. So basically, 29,000 700 people were part of the crowd. Although they came when the clarion call was made, Scripture says 
Many are called, but few are chosen. 300 were chosen because they discerned. They had a discerning ear. Have you discerned the call to fight? Have you discerned God's plan and purpose for your life? Have you discerned what he's saying to you? So not only will he call you, not only will he show you purpose, but he's got to give you direction. He here, as we, if you would read chapter six and seven of the book of Galatians, you will see God directing and the people and Gideon discerning God. And as God spoke to him, and when he believed, when God said, Thou mighty man of valor. And then not only that, as he told, showed him how to call people out, God gave him a strategy. And I'll have, you'll have to read this, but I'll summarize it. Later on, as they, God sent them out and told them, most battles were fought in the daytime. What did God tell them to do? He said, I want you to go and fight them at night. And if you read the rest of this chapter, he told them, each man, you get a lantern, and you put a uh, you put your light down in it. Picture it. You put your put your light down in that. And when they did, he separated them. He said, "You surround them." And he told them, "Light it. Light your light your lamp inside of your 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 your, uh, your sister." And when they did, and they followed the direction, and a sound was made. And when the army of Gideon discerned the sound, they broke their system and the light isn't there something about light the light of God which it became those lanterns became the light of God the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the ites turned against themselves and and first they they killed themselves they brought confusion because the revelation of God confuses the enemy think about it how simple is that if they would have did that in the, day, in the daytime they would have been slaughtered God would have came up with another plan. But God came up with perfection. This was perfect to show the people of Israel, I'm God. You're not. If you follow my way, victory is already yours. Victory, deliverance, healing, prosperity, peace, a solid and peaceful home, a marriage filled with joy. Even though things may go haywire, and, and, and as we say, they'll go left sometime. If you just bring everything back to peace, center yourself in the peace of God, knowing if God be for me, who can be against me? Remember, we are called to the fight. I pray you have received something today from this uh, message. I pray that you will allow God to speak to you. And we'll pray as we end this message. Father, we just thank you for this day, this time, this hour. We pray, Lord, that those who have heard me today, who are called to fight, if they don't know you, I pray, they will pray this prayer, Father, forgive me of my sins. You know my life and the life that I have lived. I pray, O oh Lord, that I now receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I trust you that all of my sins are forgiven as he died on the cross, shed his blood, went to hell for me, and rose as king as my Lord and as my Savior. Today, Lord, I am part of the family of God. And for those who are been lacking and slacking in your coming up to the line, know that God has called you. He said the gifts and calling are without repentance. Preacher, he still called you. Evangelist, God has not forgotten you. He's not forgotten you. 
mother, dad, son, daughter. He's still calling. He's still merciful. His grace is sufficient. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And his strength will be made perfect in your weakness. I want to thank you again for joining us on with Journeys in Grace. And I pray, if you've enjoyed this message today, tell somebody else. And I pray all is well with you. Until we meet again, be blessed. Amen.